Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Life on the Ferry podcast. My name is Sean, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Alvin Kwok. Alvin, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I just got my workout in. Pretty tired now. All right. Nice, nice. Love to hear it. Um, so if you didn't listen to our first episode, uh, we kind of went over uh, my golfing career and you know my advice to junior golfers. But today we're going to reverse the roles, and uh, we're going to go – and interview Alvin and, uh, you know, see what he has to say and talk about his experiences in golf. Uh, Alvin, you good with that? Yeah, let's get started. All right, let's do it. Um, so let's just start out with the basics. Uh, tell me, you know, how and when you got into golf. Okay, so I moved to the U.S. when I was eight years old in the summer. And I didn't have any friends and couldn't speak any English. So my dad took me to a golf camp to make some friends and I remember that was so fun because they just fed us pizza every day (laughs) and I was a pretty fat kid back then so that was a highlight of the golf camp but since I had nothing else to do my mom just took me to the range every day and I just practiced yeah and just kind of fell in love with it that way just kind of yeah got into it like a little late but you know yeah actually I didn't I didn't fall in love. It was kind of forced practice at first. Mm-hmm. And my first year of playing tournament golf when I was nine years old, I shot 54 in my first tournament and then 63 in the second one and then 60s in the other two ones. And I missed the cut for districts. So, I mean, that's just... pretty good for 18 holes, but I'm yeah. guessing that's not for 18 holes. That's for probably nine holes. Yeah, I had high expectations. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I really fell in love was the next year, I sh- I was able to shoot 38 in my first tournament and wow, get a win. And I stayed. I got second. Wow. That's, that's a really impressive jump. Um, tell me how you went from – so you were nine years old shooting – in the mid fifties, low sixties, like how did you go from, from that to, you know, shooting in the thirties is, is very good you know, at that young of an age and how were you able to do that? Uh, and how did you get better? Yeah, I didn't know it was how impressive that was back then, but what I did was I, my home course was a driving range, a local driving range next to my house. Mm-hmm. So I went there every day and took a lesson from the guy who ran the Oh, it was junior camp, Kevin McCabe, who I took a lesson for once a week for like nine years. Mm-hmm. And he just shaped my swing really well. Because going to a coach and having a coach look at your swing every day is going to help for a beginner. Yeah, for sure. So we got we got my swing figured out and then moved on to short game. And I was ready to play on the course by then. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So... Me knowing you, uh, I know you've had you had a lot of success uh, in golf when you were younger. Uh, I know you won the U.S. Kids uh, when you were twelve or thirteen, and also won, you know, WJJ State, which are you know both huge accomplishments uh, at the time. Uh, how did you go from, you know, like a pretty quick progression? Like you went from, you know, not being very good, just starting out golf when you were eight or nine years old to you know, in a matter of three or four years, like, I don't, I couldn't picture myself doing that. Like, how are you able to get so good so quickly and have so much success? Yeah. Um, back then 
golf was all about having fun for me. I really didn't have any expectations or any pressure because I didn't know what I was getting myself into or how much mm-hmm. winning meaning winning meant. Mm-hmm. So I would just get out there, just have fun hitting golf shots and playing with the buddies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's, you know, that's a, that's a mindset that, you know, as we get older, is like harder to get into, I feel like, but, you know, if you can kind of remember how like fun and how easy it was when you were younger, it could be really beneficial for yeah, you, like, you know, when you're older. I need my, um, I need my 12 year old self to talk to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about uh, when you were 12. I know you won uh, WJGA States. You know, I participated. I definitely got waxed by you by however many strokes. I don't even want to know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, tell me about that experience and what you went through that final round. Well, for the audience that wants to know, I have a scoreboard in my room. So, I beat shot by 15 shots. Oh, only 15. That's, yeah. that's not bad. That's not bad. I expected worse for my 13-year-old self. But uh, go ahead and tell me what the, the leaders were doing that final day, if you can recall. Yeah, I remember very clearly because I had a five-shot lead going into the final round. And that was, like, the first time I really felt nervous. I threw up before teeing off. And I started off bogey, bogey, bogey. And my opponent in second place started birdie, birdie, par. So we were tied after three holes. And at the turn, I was crying because I was two or three down. But I had a walking score who was who calmed me down because I was throwing I threw my yardage book on the floor and he just came up to me and was like alright calm down Alvin <laughs> so I just I was like alright I'm gonna listen to you and then I just decided to have fun again and finished with the two under back nine and one by mm-hmm. four yeah that's awesome uh, yeah I remember that that year in particular uh, you know that was big for you you were a lot younger than all of us you know, that we're 13 and, uh, yeah, you're able to still dust all of us. So, you know, that's, that's gotta be a pretty cool feeling. Yeah. Uh, so take me to, I don't know too much about, uh, the U S kid. I never, you know, played any of that stuff. I wasn't a, a prodigy by any means when I was younger, but, uh, take me there and, uh, your experiences at the, uh, U S kids. Yeah. I didn't know about it either. I don't know how my dad got me into it because the title was, U.S. Kids Golf Team World Championship, and I definitely didn't qualify for it. But mm-hmm. I went there. The course was pretty hard, which was good for me because as a young kid, I was not able to shoot low scores yet. Mm-hmm. But my ball striking was pretty good because I spent so much, so many hours on the range. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't make many bogey shots. 71, 72, 72, which was good enough to get me into a playoff. And I, I had a buddy that I played with for three days in a row. So we were pretty close by then, and he caddied for me. And again, it was just we were just having fun. We were laughing on the first playoff hole, and yeah, it was just stress-free golf. Mm-hmm. And you were able to win in that playoff. I'm assuming. Do you remember how it went? Yeah, first hole, I was a pretty good wedge player back then. I hit a, I hit the flag stick with, on with my wedge, and almost wow. rolled into the water. And oh, but I got it up and down for par. And the next hole. I, the other guy kind of choked. I got lucky. He got a double bogey. He was folding his hat in half when I pulled out, and uh, it was a pretty easy win. 
yeah, I mean, still, that's awesome to be there and, you know, overcome that. And that's a, you know, that's a huge tournament. I think that when you look back at those leaderboards and, you know, 10 years, there's like plenty of guys that are, you know, very accomplished college players or, you know, even on the PGA Tour. So that's a, that's a huge, huge tournament to win. Nice. Um, Take me to stuff after that. Like how was like your early years of high school um, and things like that after that? After those two wins, uh, you know, after winning a few big events like that, I had my expectations up a lot more, which kind of hurt me and helped me because I practiced harder on my own rather than my parents forcing me. Mm-hmm. But I started getting more frustrated just because mm-hmm. I wanted perfection. Mm-hmm. But also because I grinded harder, I was able to accomplish a lot more, such as playing the U.S. New a couple of times. And mm-hmm. We'll get into that, yeah. <laughs> and then just always finishing on top of, like, state point system. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, USGA. Uh, I've never heard it before. I think you've made, like, three. I could be wrong. Um, but uh, tell me about those experiences and, you know, playing. I have never actually played in the USGA events. Uh, tell me about those and, you know, how those are and how big those are to you. Yeah, my first USGA event, I was 14 years old. I was the second youngest in the field. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So to play the qualifier, they said I'm going to play 36 holes in one day. I was like, God damn, this is going to be so tiring. But I just had no pressure. I was just out there to have fun. Mm-hmm. And it was, again, it was a hard course, the classic. And I shot three over for two rounds got me into wow. the tournament yeah that's a really hard golf course that's yeah it's good playing i went there especially with how difficult they make yeah it. and i went there and we were playing a 7600 yard course with 76 course rating and i was paired with cole hammer after that was right after he went to u.s open and i was just nervous out of my mind with like 20 college coaches watching us and i got second to last Hey, I mean, you know, you were, what, 14 years old. That's, you know, still an unbelievable accomplishment. And, you know, I bet you learned a lot from watching uh, Coldplay. Can you remember anything in particular that you you guys talked about or you just kind of noticed with your own eyes that, you know, that made him as good as he was? Yeah, Cole was an unbelievable putter. He made everything. Like, for two days in a row, his putting was so consistent. I could not believe it. And another surprising thing was I played with Victor Hovland in the practice round. Oh, yeah, really? He was spraying the ball everywhere. But I could still tell he was a great player because he was just getting out of trouble. And he would go into the woods and play the ball instead of dropping in the middle of the fairway and practicing shots. So, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. So that's, that's, that's a cool one. I now realize that he just practice rounds like he just deals with whatever he got and practices playing from anywhere on the course getting up and down from anywhere and it was just really impressive and unique watching those guys play yeah that's that yeah that's an awesome experience for sure um so i know you made two more uh usga events so you two more us juniors uh you know which is a pretty impressive feat I, i know that there was like a you know, big ceremony when you were were one of maybe like seven or eight guys that 
you know, I made it three times. So, you know, that's an incredible accomplishment. What, uh, what do you think like set you apart in those qualifiers? Because I, myself, I think I, you know, it's, it's easy to like put a lot of pressure on yourself, even if it's just one or two rounds of golf. Cause you know, I know they made the junior qualifier 18 holes and all of a sudden it's like, Holy, like I need to start like really well. Like, and I think it's easy to put a lot of pressure on yourself. So how do you manage that? And how do you, like, what was your mindset, you know, uh, that made you so successful? I was a good ball striker always while growing up. So I, it was just, and Washington, the courses we play in Washington are pretty tough, the qualifiers. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had an advantage going in because I, the scores are going to be too low. People are going to be struggling while I'll just be scoring the same regardless of the course. Mm-hmm. So I just, I guess ball striking is what helped me to set myself apart from those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So you just kind of had a lot of, a lot of fairways, a lot of greens made it easy. Like, you know, made birdies when you could yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. That's awesome. So talk to me about that third uh, U.S. junior. You Was that the one you made match play in? If I'm no, correct? that's the second one. Yeah. Second one. Okay. Yeah. Talk to me about that experience and how that I was 16 you. and going there the second time, I was pretty excited and had high expectation, obviously. And that was a time that I was talking to a lot of college coaches. So I really wanted to show something. Mm-hmm. And luckily I did. I got into the round of 64 as a 63rd seed and played against Brandon Mancino, who's now at Auburn. And I pulled off an amazing round, shot like six or seven under par and beat him on the last hole. And that was just, yeah, yeah that was awesome. like a huge upset. And I, mm-hmm. Probably one of the better rounds you you can probably remember in yeah, your life. Yeah, for sure. Honestly. He is a heck of a player. Uh, how did that uh, come to be, do you think? Like, what what did you do well that round? What did you do well mentally? Because obviously match play um, against a really good player, that's got to be just draining because, you know, he's probably like, you know, in the zone and locked in and you've got to be just as locked in and if not more. Um, so how, how are you able to deal with that and, like, what advice do you have for, like, a, that kind of scenario if you're in, like, a match? You know, I, I really wasn't drained at all. Like, before going to that match, everyone, including myself and my parents, thought that I was going to lose the match. So, it was just about going out there to have fun and not embarrass myself. And, <laughs> but my game just, like, showed up somehow. And I guess that shocked mm-hmm. him, which played to my advantage. So, I mean, I went in there with no expectation just to have fun, which I would not advise anyone to set expectations low. But you really, really got to have fun with golf. Just get whatever is coming to you. Just try to play your best and just just learn something every round. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, do you, I see like a little pattern here. Like every time, every time you've had a lot of success, you say like, well, I've had a lot of fun. Like, I haven't worried about the results. Like, do you think that's something that everyone should do? Or is that, like, something that just works for you? Or, you know, do you tell it to other juniors that you see or other players that you, you know, talk to? or I think that's maybe? what everyone should do. You know, I didn't. I never talked to many sports psychologists until recently. 
But from my experience, golf is stressful as it, it is, and you can't really expect to perfect the game. But mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a fun game we play. You just gotta, you know, how do you say this? Just get out there and kind of enjoy yourself and just just be in the moment as best as you can. Maybe yeah, exactly. Yeah, and not worry about things that you can't control or out the outcome because then if you do, then your your mind's gonna like you know maybe leave and you won't be as focused or mm-hmm. yeah. Setting present, apart maybe. the uncontrollable versus controllable is very important. You can't control where the ball ends mm-hmm. up once it's in the air, but you can control how you react to the shot, how you select, what club you select, and just how you play the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So just well said. That is like golf well said. is just a game. Like you just gotta play like it's a game. Don't try to beat it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, that, yeah. That's really good. That makes a lot of sense. Um, talk to me about other uh, notable tournaments you've made. I know you you've played in like Junior America's Cup. We were on a team together in 2017. I know you've played Junior World plenty of times. Like. How are those experiences? Do you have any stories about, you know, seeing a great player or, you know, a great a great round or something? Uh, a great round. I, I That I can remember. The accomplishments you kind of covered, the winning the state championship, world championship, and um, playing in the junior M three times. And I was just – I just, like, placed top in the Washington point system because I just played well in the mini local events. But I shot a 64 when I was when I was 16 years old, which I was pretty surprised by, and that said, that got me to be able to shoot more lower scores. Uh, do you remember in that round? I know uh, what was going through your mind, or like how you were able to like score really well. Because that's that's like a tough thing to do is to. Uh, you know, shoot low for anyone because you get to a point where you're kind of like, you might feel uncomfortable or you might be like, you know, have like a oh shit moment where you're just like, you maybe start to get really nervous. Um, so what were you able to do to like, to counter that and not to let that well, happen? On the days I shoot really low, it's usually my putting that just goes in from anywhere. I mean, of course my shots mm-hmm. need to be on and, but I don't try to control that or my swing. It's almost like playing it consciously and like letting the flow of my game take over and but like playing it consciously doesn't mean playing without consciousness which like you just wouldn't be able to hit the ball at all but mm-hmm. the like the hot streak like you're talking about people it, it takes over people's mind and their hot streak ends when you try to think about your score and try to maintain it uh, like mm-hmm. that happened to me at a collegiate event when I won at UConn, I was four hundred through five holes, and my coach showed up. I remember telling him, "I was like, Coach, what is happening here?" Which is like so stupid of me. And of course, I bogeyed the next mm-hmm. hole, and I just finished around even I four under par. So you really, mm. but you're still able to win. But it was like a kind of like you fell back when you probably shouldn't yeah, have like, lost focus when you're playing well you got to understand that you have full control of your game without even trying to control it so mm-hmm. there shouldn't be any doubt mm-hmm. or 
pressure in your mind. Once again, just have fun and try to mm-hmm. go as low as you can. I when I sh- when I shot yeah. when I shoot low scores, I just hit shots so close because I play aggressive because I know I can hit it wherever anywhere I want to without even trying. And putts, you just see the line. You can't really do anything about putting if you're not going in. But yeah, going low is just yeah. not controlling your game. We're playing unconsciously with the flow of whatever you have. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, there's kind of like an analogy to like, I'd say the closest thing to golf, maybe mentally, is like basketball. Like you're not, when you're you're making everything, like you're not thinking about, you know, your form or how many points you have or whatever. Like you're you're just like going through the motions and trusting your body and trusting your mind and, you know, kind of trusting all the work you put in. So I like the way you said that, where you're kind of like almost thinking like you're unconscious, but you're, you know, you're obviously are still conscious, but you're not worried about the little things or, you know, you're not worried like, oh no, I'm like eight under right now or whatever. Um, so I yeah. like the way you said that. I remember you mentioned um, like self-belief and trust, which plays a lot in part in mm-hmm. being able to play unconsciously. You just got to trust mm-hmm. that you have the game because you do like you can't be at a low point if you if you're not playing well so yeah yeah for sure I'd why would you it. try to control a swing that's going 100 miles per hour when it's just it's working mm-hmm. yeah for sure it's harder when the when the swings are going 120 i don't know about the yeah the hundred but... <laughs> i was talking about my seven iron <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh so for those who don't know alvin alvin plays at columbia university and for those who don't know where columbia university is you should probably look it up because it's a pretty damn good school uh talk to me about how you ended up at columbia um and you know what kind of what led to that decision uh, obviously going to an ivy league school isn't for everyone but um Talk to me about what, what kind of choices you made going into college. You know how that choice came to be. You know maybe other schools that you looked at and why you didn't go there over Columbia. And uh, when yeah, I was younger, my dream school was Stanford, just because that was the most well-known, top academic and golf school. Mm-hmm. But as I got older, I started looking into mm-hmm. a balance of both academics and golf, coming from a Korean strict family and I came down to Berkeley Northwestern Duke and a couple of Ivies but at Mm -hmm. um seen around end of soft no beginning of junior year I kind of like felt a little doubt in my golf game like I couldn't really take it to the next level so I just thought maybe I should go more towards academics but Northwestern was still my dream Mm -hmm. school because their campus was amazing and they had a very good golf program. Well, when yeah, I, they do. Yeah, sure. as I was talking to Northwestern and Columbia, I have taken out all the other schools because they just, they just didn't fit me. Uh, Berkeley cause the camp, this campus school's too big and teams too big and Duke. Mm-hmm. I didn't really feel mm-hmm. confident about being able to get in there. 
but so he came down to northwestern columbia but and that was like a super hard decision to make because i really wanted to play for northwestern but columbia was an ivy league school and the coach loved me and the decision something that someone told me to go somewhere where the coach really wants you more than where you want to be and that helped me make my decision at the end and that truly was a good choice because you go somewhere the coach wants you and he will treat you so well you'll be getting a lot of playing time experience yeah. and mm-hmm. you're just going to be creating history for the team <laughs> yeah for sure no i mean I'm, I'm really glad you said that i think that i mean i know that we know people that have maybe gone to schools where they like you know that we know they can't play at just because of you know whatever that they wanted to go to a really good school and like you know maybe like show off but if you know in your heart that you can't play there and the coach doesn't want you you know that's that's not what you want you know if you're if you're aspiring junior golf right now trying to play college like I know for me I don't want to make this about me but I have the exact same way with you that like you know the coach really wanted me to be here the coach uh here you know wanted the best for me and you know like trusted me supported me and you know he's an awesome guy so i know i knew yeah. that it and, was going to be the right and decision. he treats you right one right of the most important things yeah that's exactly yeah for sure there's no time where he loses faith in me even if i'm playing bad or you know i think that's really that's the, the main key is that when you're playing poorly or when you're out of you know you're out of shape your coach, your coaches will not leave you right. behind. Like that is something that is very important that you know you should. If you're looking for a, a good school to go to, but I should clarify that important. I didn't choose Columbia because I did. I lacked confidence that I could play at a higher level D one school. I went there because I thought the mm-hmm. team had potential to play better because I know those players and they're they they're good players. They were ranked high as a junior but this wasn't performing their best. Mm-hmm. So I wanted, I had, I went yeah, there with the goal sense. of creating history, becoming one of the best Columbia players and becoming the first very successful Ivy League golfer to be on the PGA Tour and just make Coach happy mm-hmm. as much as he trusted me. Yeah, yeah, I like mm-hmm. that a lot that you said that. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't think that there's like any, you know, there's nothing bad about going to like a small school or going, you know, maybe like a lesser known school because you can still make a name for yourself. You know, there's plenty of guys out on the PJ Tour that, you know, maybe didn't even go to college or, you know, went to really small schools, but were just so good that they just made yeah. a name no for matter, themselves. No matter where you are, um, you can I still, that... I mean, there's going to be competition no matter where you are, even D3. And if you want to go pro, mm-hmm. you can go there and just become dominant and know, you will know that you're good enough to be a pro, which is, which is my yeah. goal. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. That's awesome. That's awesome you said that. So how have you had, or how has, like, the time been there? Uh, I know you've had this year with COVID and everything, uh, Ivy, uh, there's no, like, Ivy League sports, and you decide to take a gap year. Um, so talk to me about, like, your freshman year 
overall last year, you know, how the first year went and, uh, you know, maybe things you learned or, you know. Yeah, it's a very unfortunate year to get into college where I only had five events for as a freshman because COVID. We were on our way to spring break trip, actually, when we got called back. Mm. But wait, what were your questions again? <laughs> Uh, just like your freshman year and uh, how everything went, uh, you know, maybe golf or school or, you know, whatever comes to mind, like things you learned or. Oh, yeah. Being in know, the city, I understood had. why, like Columbia students, even though they were great jun- ranked junior golfers, were like struggling when they got into college. It's because there's so much homework and the course is kind of out of the way. So we don't get as much like freedom with practice. Mm-hmm. But I realized that if you really, really put yourself onto it. Like, if you're committed to the goal, then you can, and you just take away, you just, like, live very disciplined. Homework, school, homework, golf, workout, Mm -hmm. and hang out, like, once a week, once a weekend. And that's just, Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to accomplish anything, even if, no matter how busy you are. It's about how committed you are not, like, how much you just want it yeah so like managing your time yes probably one of the biggest things you learn i had to i mean i had to sacrifice a lot Mm -hmm. growing up before going to college because of golf practice which helped me set up for college life but yeah i mean being in new york is awesome there's so many things to do so many good restaurants yeah yeah i've got the chance to be there it's it's unlike anywhere i've ever been i can't imagine living there and walking the streets but every day for those of you who want to go to a highly academic school you can st- it's not that hard it's just like high school on mini steroids you'll still have time to practice you'll still have time to hang out like our team our team meets up at least once a week mm-hmm. sometimes twice just to be with each other and have team dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say the same here. Yeah, for sure. It's I obviously don't go as to a as high academic school, but you know, school does bog you down sometimes when you have a lot of things going on. Um doesn't matter really where you go, but yeah, if you I think that's a big uh key in college, you know, when you're there's no one to boss you around anymore. You can do literally yeah. whatever the heck you want. Um but if you have the self-discipline to manage your time really well um, and do what you need to do to be the best uh, student and golfer. Uh, yeah, you know, being on my own actually motivated me to be more disciplined because I just knew mm-hmm. I couldn't fall back. I couldn't have my – my mom wasn't telling me that I was being lazy anymore. And I'm a big follower of David Goggins. I don't know if any of you guys know him. And I just was grinding hard. Talking about who is that? I know you've you mentioned to me him before. I've listened to a little bit of his stuff. Uh, what do you what do you gain out of that? And uh, what what is he? What who is he? First of all, and well, what he's is an he, ex Navy SEAL chief commander. I don't know the exact name, but he was pretty high up there. But he started off from a very ghetto family, mm-hmm. and 
just lived like a terrible life, was 300 pounds at one point. But he decided to change his life around and to join the Air Force. So he lost like 180 pounds in like two months or something. And grinded his ass off to get into the Navy SEAL. He actually failed the Navy SEAL training twice. And the third time he went through it with a hole in his heart Mm -hmm. and a broken leg. So that tells you a lot. His his big idea is that humans only live up to 40% of their potential. Like that moment when you're working out and you're just about to die, he's saying that's only at your 40%. So you just got to push yourself harder. And if you quit once, you're, it's going to become a habit. And if you want something, you're going to find a way. And if you don't want it, you're going to find excuses. So it was just like a big motivator for me to study hard, work out hard, and practice hard, not give up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I know you've you've shown me a little bit of him and I've listened to a little bit of stuff. I definitely recommend uh, you know, checking that out if you're if you're interested. Um so Alvin, uh, you know, a couple more things here. Uh you know, what are you doing right now and uh you know what yeah, are I decided to take a gap year because like? I didn't want to waste a college year doing online school and not playing in tournaments. So right now I have an internship where there's a lot of reading and a couple of projects. But other than that, I'm just golfing all day, getting in the daily run and workout. Just trying to take this year to really get ahead ahead in both resume and in golf. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what are you working on in your game right now? Is there anything that, you know, that you've been struggling with or, you know, that you can tell everyone about or, you know, have any advice to... Yeah, I'm sick of you driving. I was driving you by 40 yards, so distance is something I'm working on. <laughs> yeah, I just need to... That's good. I'm trying to, like, lose weight first and gain some muscles. Like, and then mm-hmm. I'll, I'm also working on some yeah. external rotation, shallowing to get dynamic loft down and you you taught you like Mm -hmm. encouraged me a lot to like swing more with my body rather than my arms so i'm i'm looking into that and trying to yeah be more connected and swing with bigger muscles for consistency Mm -hmm. yep yes sir that's that's awesome that's good good stuff good for you um so I know this this uh, this show this our podcast is kind of about junior golfers uh, and uh, you know even you know avid regular golfers that listen. Um, but what kind of uh, final advice do you have uh, as wrapping up here uh, for them? Um, what do you think is important to work on? You know, with their you know obviously their physical golf game, but also mentally and. Uh, yeah, just well, basically mentally, just give out some advice. I'm know. still working on this, but you, you look at the pros and their mental game is just amazing. They Their emotional level stays at like a five the whole round, no matter how well or bad they're playing. And once you know how to control your emotions, you just become so dangerous. And dream big. Mm-hmm. just And just don't 
don't just dream. You got to be committed to your goals. You got to be able to work for it. Like, find a way to get it done. I think that's what I live by the most, which hopefully helps me. Yeah. And yeah, for golf game, you mentioned it a lot really in the stuff. last podcast, um, but short game is like so important because if you, it, it is possible to get up and down from literally anywhere. And if you're able to do that every round, you're just never going to shoot high score. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. Having a good short yeah. game will never, you got to be able to outwork everybody. Really help. If you really want to accomplish something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Amen to that. Alvin, I've taken a lot, honestly, uh, out of our conversation tonight. Uh, I know you really well, but, you know, there were some things in there that, you know, I didn't know. And uh, I think we had a really good conversation. Yeah. Um, so thank you for your time. Uh, and, you know, thank you for everyone out there listening. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, hopefully, in the near future, we'll have some some guests on here, and we can. Uh, yeah, we have some lined up. So we're very excited. Learn some more together. Actually. Yep, yep. You'll see those shortly. Um, well, that's another episode of the Life on the Ferry Thank podcast. You guys. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone.